Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Hi, everyone. Um, Our scripture today comes from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, you have, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Vine family. Good to see you all. Happy New Year to you too. This is a special day in the life of our church because each year uh, we take this time uh, to pause and look back at our, at our year and we look forward to, I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm not someone who tends to look backwards that much. Most of my life is like either right now in the moment or looking ahead. So this is really helpful for, for me and I think for us as a church just to call the time out and consider what God has been up to. And in many ways, this sermon is like a snapshot of the health of our church, similar to the State of the Union. So uh, into that, let's just go ahead and do it. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. So as a church, we usually don't talk about numbers because it kind of grosses me out to do so, and I'm sure like a lot of you as well, because there, uh, there are some cultures that obsess over numbers, and I think there are some churches that fall prey to evaluating the health of a church based on numbers, like treating it like anything else in the marketplace or anything else that's based in uh, consumerism or capitalism. Because we know that uh, you can be an effective church and not hit the metrics, right? Not have to hit the certain things that uh, churches typically look at, which are budget, members, and giving units. Those are the things that churches have a tendency to really look at. And the astonishing thing is if you were to look at those kind of metrics and look at the life of Jesus, he was an absolute failure. He ended his life only with himself on the cross with very few followers who were still with him. And so for us as followers of Jesus, we want to kind of deviate from assessing the health of a church based on those measurements. But we do, it is helpful to talk about numbers on occasion because behind each number is a person. It makes me think of Jesus' parable when he talked about how a shepherd will leave the 99 and go after the one. The only way the shepherd will know if, if one is missing is if the, sh- the shepherd uh, takes an account of those who are with him. And so today, we're going to have a snapshot of who we are as a church, how we're doing as a church, told in numbers, but through these three different aspects. These are the different aspects of, the, of our mission as a church, that we put the focus on the life of our together as following Jesus together. And we do it in three different ways. One is a significant friendship, sacred experiences, and generous compassion. So I think it'd be helpful for us to talk about our church through these three different areas. And by the way, if you're newer to our church, I actually think this is not a bad Sunday for you to be here. I think this is the perfect Sunday because you're going to know 
who we are, what we care about, what matters to us on this morning. And so uh, these, this, is what, this is why we exist as a church, is to do these three things as we follow Jesus together. So looking back at this year, we came into 2022 with a bit of a limp, I, th- I think, in my mind. Um, we came in with a bit of a limp because coming out of 2020 and 2021, in many ways, our church, like most churches, were restarting. We had gone through a really challenging season of life due to COVID, due to difficult conversations around racism. Uh, after the murder of George Floyd, we had those discussions Uh, It was also a challenging season of not being able to gather together. We had conversations around human sexuality and about inclusion, and it happened to be an election year, which was super helpful. Um, And so we're coming out of that time, and when we came into 2022, it felt like we were starting all over again, and we had the sense of newness. We were in a new part of town. We were connecting with a new community of people as we're here in the heart of our city, And one thing that we had, which was incredibly precious, was we had clarity of mission. We actually knew what we were about. A lot of times, a church takes a while before they figure out who they really are. And coming through challenges, like most difficulties do, they have a refining process. And as a church, we were discovering our clarity of mission. And so coming into 2022, we had around 100 people who were were committed or were part of our covenant community, which is like our membership. And about 100 people, 100 adults were a part of this church. That's how we restarted this community. And through the year, we sought to live into our values. We sought to create a space for diversity. We sought to place Jesus, his life, his teachings, his claims in the middle of who we were. And we sought to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus here in Austin in this day and age. And this year, we added 54 people to our covenant community. I went to a and I'm not great with math, but that's like we grew by half. You know, like, that's, that's incredible. I'm curious, who here connected or joined our church this year? Here, okay. I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful that God has brought you here. Um, and that does not include the people who are a part of our church but haven't, like, put a hand in the middle to be our covenant community. We're also grateful for you, too. You count as well. Um, uh, the thing that I also love looking at is this is also just the adults. One of my favorite things that we do as a church is we have an opportunity to care for children. While we are here in this room, maybe something even more important is going on on the other side of this beautiful uh, Texas Federation building. building. Uh, since this fall, we have been averaging around 34.3 kids in Vine Kids each week. Uh, so just think about it, 34, a little over 34.3. That's like, their, that's like their shoes that they left. That's the point three. It's like their shoes and their jacket they left. Um, in those spaces, our children are learning how to pray. They're learning like the basics of understanding God's word for them. And even more important, they are surrounded by Vine Kids volunteers who seek to be the embodiment of grace and love of Jesus to them. This year, we have had 136 kids enter into our Vine Kids programming. 136 children who checked in, got their donut holes, went in that space, and then encountered what we do with our Vine Kids program. What blows me away is that's 136 adults that one day will be asked, tell me about the church of your upbringing. How did you learn about God? And guys, they're going to think about this. Like, this is going to be formative for, 
for their understanding of what does it mean to be church and what an incredible privilege it is to be that for these children. Something else I'm interested in is our reach in this digital age. Coming out of COVID, I'm actually like more interested uh, now in embodied spirituality more than ever before. What I mean by embodied spirituality, I mean like what we do with our bodies, how like we can integrate our bodies into our spiritual life. And that also means uh, being present with each other as well. I think our physical presence is so incredibly powerful. And so as a church, we're gonna prioritize uh, being together, gathering together more than ever before. But there are some people that they have a barrier to being here when we gather, whether in our vine groups or in our, in our worship. And I think it's incredibly important for us to continue to offer ways to, to connect with people who can't be here in this place. And so we will continue to have our online as, uh, platforms be able to meet, meet with people and connect with people and also our podcast. Um, but I'm curious, like, who's connecting that way? How many people are connecting that way? So on our YouTube channel, we have had 1,990 plays of our worship service. That's almost 2,000 times people sought to have encountered Christ in the sacred experience of worship through that platform. You might ask, what about Facebook? Uh, I think that's a great question because I can't figure out how to get good information. <laughs> I don't know how many people. But mom, I know you're there. Thank you. I love you too. All I want to say is when it comes to our Facebook platform, it's huge. Huge. The thing that's interesting to me is we actually have a bigger reach, not through our videos or through streaming, but actually through our podcast, which has been interesting for us to find. I'm kind of baffled by the number of people who are connecting to our church that way. In this past year, we've had over uh, 17,500 listens to our sermons Seven, over 17,000 times people listened to a message that came from the ministry of this church. That's 25% more than the year previous. That include uh, countries like Ireland and Hong Kong, Iran, Nigeria, and Turks and Caicos. The Turks and Caicos, though, I think maybe one of you was on vacation, and you, <laughs> and it's no fair, no fair. Um, you have a sacred moment there on the beach with your little Mai Tai or whatever. That's great. Good for you. Uh, but I dug into it a little bit more. I was curious, not only like what are they listening to, but like what is the content? I hate to use the word content. What is the sermon, the messages that people are most interested in? What are they sharing? What are they listening to? Not surprisingly, our third way series was the most uh, listened to series with 1,733 listens. That's it. For me, it's quite telling. Either one, people are sharing our heresy, like listen to what they're doing, or there's something to this that people are actually resonating with it. And I wonder if there's a movement, not particular to the vine, but something else that's going on in our culture where people are, are really hungry to find a different way of experiencing unity around Christ, not based on our positional sameness, but finding a way to live into diversity uh, while we keep the essentials of our posture towards Christ and towards one another. And so I'm heartened by that, I'm encouraged by that, and I also find it really interesting. What we do in our worship, what we do in our sacred experiences truly matters, but if you know our church, you know that we believe in the power of friendship, significant friendship. Significant friendship is not something just meant for kids. I think all of us are wired to have meaningful friends, and particularly when it comes to our life with Christ. It's incredibly important. This fall, we saw 110 people in vine groups. That's 110 people this fall were meeting with each other 
in their living rooms. They filled up a bench at a coffee shop where they were on a Zoom call. 110 people learning side by side with each other, discussing scripture, entrusting to each other their questions and their doubts with one another. 110 people seeking uh, to create a safe place in a place of mutual encouragement with one another. I know that this really matters in our formation, and I believe that this really matters to God because God is a relational God. God's never existed without being in community with, with God's self, and we are created in that image, and so we are going to continue to follow Jesus in significant friendship. But we also have a value to follow Jesus in our generous compassion. This year, you have helped serve our community through compassion, love, and mercy, whether that is the food drive through Hungry Souls or the coat and clothes that are given to Casa Marinella for people who are fleeing into Austin looking for a refuge and a home. You've had a work day at Red Oak Hope um, serving our sweet uh, women who have been rescued from trafficking and other exploitive uh, settings. You have done the work of working alongside places like Safe Place, they're helping people in domestic violence get out of that uh, in, in moment. We've also sought to find Jesus in the margins of our city in many other different ways. Because of your financial generosity, you've been able to give um, $45,000. Our compassion team is seeking to, to send $45,000 from this year into the needs of our city based on our commitment to have 10% of our budget go out of our church and into the needs of our city. And I just want to say thank you for that. In preparing for today... After looking at all these different things, thinking about this year, uh, I was deeply encouraged when I just thought about 2022, where God has brought us. I was curious what we talked about last year, because I don't have a great memory. I was just curious, what, did, what was the pastor's report from last year? What did we talk about? I found it really, really beautiful. Last year, in this report, I talked about how, uh, when you look at how vines develop, how a vineyard develops. It actually takes five years for a vine to truly produce fruit, healthy fruit, good fruit, for it to actually reach its capacity. It takes five years of tending the vineyard before you actually see any fruit really come from it. And last year I was in this conversation, I was thinking to myself, and I shared with you all that our church was just over five years old. And I wonder if the hard work that we have done with one another, what we've experienced. I wonder if we will actually see unique fruit this year. And when I look at all these numbers and when I think about our experiences as a church community, I think this year has been incredibly fruitful. I think this year has been just the sweetest time for our church to really see how, how Christ has tended this vineyard of our community and how these fruits have really emerged. And when, particularly for me, when I think about the fruits, I think of the people in this room and the people I know who have connected this church, the conversations I've had with many people who said, this is my last stop. This is my last stop before I just leave church altogether. The conversations I've had with people who were really lonely and coming out of COVID, they really had a longing for friendship again. The conversations I've had with people of, of saying, I've just went through a, a lot of suffering in my life, and for whatever reason, I have an appetite, a longing to be back in church, but I don't know if I fit anymore. And I've had other conversations with other people who have experienced being kicked out of communities 
places of hospitality and friendship that they experienced, but then they found out it was all conditional. And they wondered if there was a church like that for them. And I look at this community, and I look at this year, and I am so grateful for the fruit that Christ has done in our midst. I am so thankful for the vine, and I'm so thankful for what God has done. So we don't do this often, but can I get a praise clap for God for that? I almost got emotional. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. That's my New Year's resolution. Not going to cry. Not going to do it. So I want to share a little bit about uh, what we have planned for this upcoming year. There are a couple larger questions that we've started to work through and think through as a church. One is, how do we continue to protect the DNA of our church as we grow? We want to continue to make more room around the table uh, for other people. But how do we continue to uh, to protect the DNA of our church? How do we continue to be who we want to be as we create more space? That's an interesting conversation for our church. Uh, we don't intend, we don't desire, or plan to be a big church. So how, does, how do we do that? How do we maintain this openness for other people who God's going to bring while we also make sure that we have a church where we know one, know one another enough to follow Jesus together. Another question that we are thinking through is, how can we be more intentional at creating deeply formed followers of Jesus? More than just kind of gathering in worship, more than then putting people in discussion groups with buying groups and caring for each other in those settings and, and occasional compassion experiences in our city, how can we actually teach people what does it mean to follow Jesus as an apprentice of Jesus? What does that look like for my life? for all of my life to be in, in alignment with Jesus, his claims, and his ministry. Another question that we are thinking through is, how can we expand our ministry to incorporate children aging into our youth group? That's the longing that we have, is how can we uh, create space for our youth to be able to experience uh, the life of Christ in, in this church community? And I think those are some of the questions that we're thinking through and we're going to be working on this year. Regarding our sermon series for this year, I think some people care about this. As Fab shared, we're going to begin this year with a sermon series called Overlooked, which is we're going to look at uh, often overlooked characters in the Old Testament that are women. We're going to look through the web of patriarchy that existed in the time of the Old Testament and in the writing of our scriptures and, sadly, the patriarchy that still exists within our churches today. We're going to look at this, these characters that have endured that show us incredible examples of courage and faith. Uh, and so we're going to look at them. I've been in church my whole life. I have never had a series on women of the Old Testament. I've been to my fair share of studies on David, Moses, Abraham, all of them. And I'm really excited about this series for myself as well as for our church. I think it'll be really powerful. After that series, we're going to have uh, something called Lent which uh, we're going to look at something, we're going to create a series called Soul Care. We, to be a follower of Jesus means that we're going to be a soulful people. And so we're going to be talking about that during the season of Lent. After that, we're going to have a season called Eastertide. For some in the church, there's, Easter is not a day, it's a season. And so we are going to have a series called Eastertide where we're going to look at that. Our friend Scott Erickson has a, um, an art show that has different stations of the resurrection. And so we're going to use that artwork and dis discuss what does that reality of Easter mean for us. And then this summer, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be church. And when I say we, I really mean you. 
because I'm going to be gone this summer. This is my sabbatical this summer, which uh, is very exciting and also kind of scary. Um, so after 17 years of ministry, I've never had a sabbatical. So I'm very, very, very grateful for this opportunity. And I think it'll be really, really healthy for the vine to be the vine without me. And in particular, I'm excited about you having a sermon series about what is the church because oftentimes a church is oriented around the pastor way too much. And so that'll be very, very exciting. While I'm on my sabbatical, I, it'll be a time of rest and renewal, but I really have had, I'm going to follow my, my curiosity around the role of peacemaking. Um, I'm going to spend my time in the footsteps of three different peacemakers with Martin Luther King Jr., with St. Patrick and St. Francis of Assisi. So I'll be walking in their steps where they spent their life in their ministry, considering the different aspects of what does it mean to be a peacemaker in this, in this world. And, uh, and I share this because in the fall, we're going to be talking about that. What does it mean to be people of deep peace? What does it mean for us to experience peace and then go into this world as an embodiment of that peace as we create peace in a deeply conflicted, fragmented world? And so... Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about this fall, and this why our scripture reading was this of this day because I was struck by Paul's words to the to this church, this commandment of let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. Do you know that Christ's peace can rule over your heart? That. Christ can have dominion, can have authority over our hearts to bring about peace, about it, our hearts being ordered in the way that you were created to be, that we could experience this deep abiding peace in the midst of conflict, in the midst of struggles, that there can be this overwhelming sense of awareness that Christ is near. And because of that, that there can be peace. But this call to be Experiencing peace is not just about you and you and you and you and you and me. It's actually about us as a church. Since as members of one body, we were called to peace. The greatest way for us to display the peace of Christ is not just about you living your life, but about us living a shared life and experiencing peace together. This is how we will embody Christ and display Christ's peace in this world, is that with all of us, in our diversity, in our differences, that we can display the peace of Christ in a conflicted and fragmented time. So I'd like to close with a prayer for peace that St. Francis of Assisi prayed. I'd like to pray it over us. So Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We hope you found this message encouraging. If you would like to learn more about The Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to The Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.